This is your announcer, Chuck Landington. Welcoming you to the Metal Injection Livecast. The lead singers of Godsmack and Stained just announced a co-headlining <laughs> solo tour. Thanks, I've been looking for the perfect gift for your uncle, who believes in the QAnon Hollywood cabal theory and hasn't caught coronavirus yet. The Metal Injection Livecast starts now. Welcome to the Metal Injection Live cast. The right promo has been played, and we are here, and you are here. Thank you so much for joining us on another great edition. We have a very special guest sitting with myself, Darren, Sid, and Noah. We have the the flowing locks of Kyle Shut of the Sword on the screen with us. Everybody, Kyle, joining us from Austin. Texas. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to have you. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, Kyle, uh, you are, are calling us from Austin. It, it, I, I, love, uh, I love having a guest at the top of the show here on the Metal Injection Livecast. And uh, by the way, you can speak to Kyle as I hit my mic here. Uh, you could speak to Kyle anytime you want while he's on the show by giving us a ring, 213-WIDE-NUT. That's 213-943-3688. And uh, Kyle, I'll spill the beans, man. I'll talk about it all. You'll, you'll talk about it all. Uh, right before we went on air, you were uh, telling us about the unique location you are currently in. Now, you're in your truck, but like, what, what, what's going on there? Tell us. <laughs> I, do, I do a lot of truck talking uh, these days. I, I live in a, a 30-foot Airstream travel trailer, and so uh, I also have two lovely children so uh i thought i'd spare everybody the crying and the the yelling and the hitting and stuff so uh, not that i do the hitting they do the hitting uh, on me but um uh, yeah wait so, are they hitting but, you or are they hitting each other Can they we hit know? anything the drums the, the guitar anything i do they're gonna oh, hit it okay uh yeah but uh, i've had a, a four-month-old son and a, a three-and-a-half-year-old daughter and uh yeah we have a lot of fun we do I but it, uh, I, i'm sorry go ahead, sorry, go ahead. Well, you live in a trailer, right? Uh, or what, what's the what's the Airstream. proper term? Airstream. I don't want to. I don't want to. You can't offend me. I, I have no way to go. It's fine. Uh, it's, <laughs> uh, you can call it whatever you want. Uh, uh, but I love that because that means you can pick up and go wherever the hell you want. I can go anywhere I want. If I'm just tired of this town, I just load the trailer up. Let's go and go anywhere I want. Uh, I haven't in a while because of obvious reasons. But. Um, yeah, uh, it's it's super fun. I, I spent like you know twenty five years getting in and out of vans, planes, trains, boats, whatever you know. And so just traveling like feels it feels at home to me. Whenever my body is moving at like eighty miles an hour down the highway, I'm just like yeah, I'm alive, you know. And uh, so it's um, it made sense for me to do it with the kids because um, Austin. I don't know. This is pre-COVID stuff I'm talking about here, but Austin was just blown up. It it, it never experienced like the housing crisis that uh, the rest of the nation did. And um, it, you, know, you could get a dump of a house here for like $400,000 that still needed like $80,000 worth of work on it and stuff like that. I just, I don't know, as, and especially as, as an, an artist friendly town, um, it just got priced out. All the artists got priced out and um, it just, you know, boo-hoo and all but uh, a lot of no, some no, people I, think I, that I like whenever you this, play for you know when, whenever you play music for a living if you know you you get on tours and things like that and you're on tv or whatever people think that you're like loaded but no i mean nobody that plays music for a living is rich even if you do get a big fat payday it's just a matter of time before that money is gone and you're gonna have to figure out the next step and everything so it's you know being being an artist full-time these days is uh, it's a real juggling act you kind of you can't just play guitar anymore you have to 
know how to play guitar and be an actor and be a good business person. And it's, it's, it's a whole full package these days. So, yeah. And I, I just, I don't know. I thought, you know, instead of wasting all this money on a house in a city that I can't afford to live in and all this stuff, I was like, why not just buy a brand new Airstream and a truck for like a hundred thousand dollars? My God, Done. it's genius. I mean, I'm still paying it off i don't own it by any means but <laughs> but it was way cheaper than buying a house and also i can go to durango colorado if i want to and smoke all the weed there or i can go to portland oregon and smoke all the weed there or i can go to portland maine smoke all the weed there and it's, uh it's, it's a lot of fun um I, I, it feels right to me so that's why i do it some people look at me like i'm crazy but we don't think you're crazy. Maybe I am. I don't this. know. Thank you. Uh, I'm jealous. Yeah, you touched on a lot of things I wanted to talk about. Uh, and, and first of all, let's talk about Austin. One thing we all t- we talk about here on the Metal Injection Livecast, we all live in Brooklyn, New York. And uh, we long for the old New York. Uh, yeah, and it's, yeah. it's kind of a similar, a similar situation uh, that you're saying where, like, you know, housing is completely unaffordable. Uh, And and it's like, it's the same thing with us. Like, you you know, you have to, you can get a dump, but like the price is actually like twice, twice as much here in New York. But dude, like I know people in Brooklyn that are moving to Manhattan because it's cheaper now. Yes. I I know my first person today who's who's doing that. (laughs) He's a stand-up comedian. So, but that's what I wanted to ask. Like, what was like? I never quite really experienced the old Austin. I my experiences of Austin are limited mostly to uh, South by Southwest, which I know is like a poor representation of what Austin Rob is really is. Part of the problem. Uh, totally well, part I stopped, of the problem. I stopped going. Uh, but uh, I wanted to know, like, what what was the like? What was Austin like before it sold out? Okay, um, I, I've got actually a lot to say about this because when I moved to Austin in in the year two thousand, are you from Texas originally, or where, where I was? I was born in San Antonio, and then I okay. when I, my I, I was about eight or nine. My family moved out to Midland Odessa area. Um, the, the Friday Night Lights and all that kind of stuff is out there, and uh, it's a pretty miserable place um, to grow up and try to play music, especially if you're into punk rock and things like that. Um, there's just not a lot going on. Um, but and I didn't have enough money to move to LA or New York whenever I wanted to leave home to play music. So Austin's the city you go to whenever you know that's you just want to play music for a living, and you live in Texas. Um, and when I got here in 2000, people had that mentality already of like it's over. It's not, it used to be way cooler in the nineties. And then like, I just, I eventually after I got to know a whole lot of people that have been here forever, they're like, people have been saying that since the sixties and the sixties, like, eh, it's over seventies. Eh, it's over. It used to be cool. Eighties used to be cool. Now, it's, it's, it's always been just a group of people just bagging on the new wave of the of people that come in. Austin's a lot like, um, I guess it's a lot like Brooklyn. I think Austin and Brooklyn have an exchange program. Uh, going, <laughs> we're like, yeah, that's I, 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 I spent a year in Brooklyn. I had a great yeah. time. I was living off of Fulton, uh, down in uh, Clinton Hill area, and I had a great time. Um, nice, but uh, it's it's certainly different than it used to be. And uh, Austin, so back when I first moved here, uh, there was about 500,000 people that lived in Austin, now there's about two and a half million, mm-hmm. so it's it is crazy um a lot of the tech companies that moved here uh drove the prices of the houses just up through the roof out of control you know uh uh it turned into it it used to be a music town it really did you know seven nights a week there even on a monday night there was a hundred shows going on on a saturday night there was a thousand shows it was just crazy you couldn't go anywhere without hearing music and it kind of turned into a food town uh, it, it just like, you know, people, they stopped wanting to hang out at crappy dive bars, like stuff with cigarette smoke. And so they wanted to like go out and have a nice 
evening on the patio and enjoy like a very expensive dinner and uh, have their elbow room and stuff like that. And it just became a, a lot more of like a, a creature comfort kind of town rather than a just, you know, do anything to go to a show kind of town. And South by was, you know, a lot of people bag on it, but I, the sword was one of those bands that got a lot out of it. Um, the, the idea of South by Southwest was to, um, it was basically a festival invented by a bunch of journalists who had nothing to write about during spring break. And so they created their own festival uh, to bring, you know, hundreds and hundreds of unsigned bands to Austin to, get them some coverage and just hopefully get them a record deal or something. And just like anything else, it eventually just gets to the point where Doritos is running the show. And there it's just like, you know, I remember the first year that it felt like it wasn't South by anymore. I think it was 2003 or four, maybe Um, I I was, I was looking at the lineup of bands playing and uh, I, you know, I used to keep up with like all the underground bands in, in the country and stuff like that. And I would get really excited when, you know, like Wolf Mother played and like nobody knew who they were. They had one EP out that was like a thing and it was just like, oh, cool, Wolf Mother's playing. Or um, when Big Business first came out, it was like, I was a huge uh, Carp fan and everything. And it's like, you, you know, you didn't really know who Big Business was or whatever. But I remember back in, I think it was 2004, I was reading the lineup and it was Beastie Boys were playing. I was like, what the hell are Beastie Boys playing South by Southwest for? I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Beastie Boys. They're probably the coolest dudes that ever played a show. But, you know, I was, this isn't your festival, man. Like, what are you doing? And then it just eventually, uh, I think Lady Gaga, like, played a show downtown where she, like, you know, made herself throw up on her drummer and stuff. And then, like, I, it was just, it, it got to the point where it was just, like, you couldn't, like, if you were an unsigned band, going to South by Southwest was a total waste of your time and money and, um, it was sad because it was such a cool festival at heart, but it eventually like kind of came around. It, it, I remember the last year or two, it sort of felt like there weren't as many people in town. And it was, uh, I remember there was a sticker around town that was that South by South where <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny, but it was a huge part of um, getting Austin on the map and, and turning it into one of those kind of places where it's just sort of like a tourist stop where it, it seems like I, I couldn't go anywhere in the world uh, without people saying, Oh, you're from Austin. Oh, I love Austin. I went there for blah, 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 or whatever. It just sort of, yeah, it just became, I don't know, yeah. like a, um, a very similar a, story, a, to a city, York. a city of the world, not really a city of Texas, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, I feel like also that's kind of what happened with the metal stuff is like the first two years I would go there, like, Whoa, this band's playing, this band's playing like, why? Like, ah, there's like 30 bands, there's yeah. 30 shows. And then by the last year it was like, there's one show a day and these bands play Brooklyn yeah. and, Every week. I don't have to go to Austin to do it. So it, it, it kind of uh, it ruined it for me. But I mean, now I'm, I'm totally cool with it. Uh, but uh, another I was thing really I'm looking forward to this year's, but you know, it's it, it obviously that was the first thing to get canceled. That was when it was a wake up call to be like, oh, I think this COVID thing might be a thing. You know, like they canceled South by, oh, yeah, you know, how much the money they're going to lose. You know? So yeah, yeah. I remember, and like people were giving South by shit, like they were calling them pussies, basically, like, "Oh, come on, relax, this is." But they actually, they really did have the foresight because ultimately it would have been canceled anyway. Because yeah. when it was happening is when the entire shutdown happened. Yep. Uh, but yep, let's but, let's talk about. Yeah, I do want to also do. mention that uh, you said that you know you can't just be a guitarist anymore; you got to do other things, and you are an author, an auteur. You're you're writing a book. 
I don't know Thor. And I, 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 I'm I'm going to attempt to be. Uh, 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 yeah, I, I've I've got an I'm an idea man, and uh, I've got this you know board of ideas that I always have. And anytime I get an idea, I put I put it on the board. And then when it comes time to cook up a project or kind of see what's next, I I go, I go to the board and I look at all my ideas and I sort of just put all my eggs in that basket. And um, uh, I came up with the idea to write a book called Written in Stoned. <laughs> Uh, it was just—it was funny. It made me laugh. It, usually, when I laugh, I—I I know there's something behind the idea, and uh, I like to go with it. I'm—I'm I'm a people person. I really like making people laugh and interact with them, and just kind of brighten people's moods and stuff. I, I get just as depressed and stressed out as the next person, but I try not to make that the focus of my image, you know. And uh, I just—I uh, try to—to—to to, to be a bright light for people. And um, I don't know, just with all this kind of coming down and everything, I was—I I had planned to write the book much later in life. Uh, I felt like once I had like a full huge story to tell, but uh, I don't know what the way things are going these days. I just, I feel like I have a lot to say. Um, uh, but what I, kind of I, book I is it going to be? Okay. So uh-huh. I, I chose Kickstarter to do this yep. because I, I, a book is an entirely different thing than writing an album or whatever. And it, I didn't want to take the, the year or more even of investing myself in that thing. If, if, if nobody wanted to read it, I mean like reading books is kind of, I think it's sexy, but not a lot of people, feel that way not a lot of people like to read all the time so like i said i didn't want to like invest all this time in this thing if only like 50 people wanted to read it you know i i love you 50 people don't get me wrong but it's you know it's, it's a lot of work and i i don't like to half-ass things I, I when i once i get a vision i really won't compromise on on uh, until i see that fully fleshed out so i wanted to write a memoir but i'm also like the least famous person to ever probably try to write a book like that it's not like i i have these stories where i was like i woke up in a hotel room it's like 13 groupies and like pile of blow. And I just knew I had to get my life together. You know, it's, it's rock and roll is not like that anymore. So I, I really wanted to take the rock and roll memoir genre and just turn it upside down and almost make like a, like a how to guide or like an inspirational kind of like book about just my, my story and everything like that. And just my point of view on the music industry and just kind of like make it like a dissection of what it means to play music for a living to where there's going to be an entire chapter about, you know, the band, like those people, the scene, and then another chapter about the studio, the different ways you can go about making an album. I have a chapter about that uh, called uh, We Are The Road Crew, where I interview all the, the crew members uh, from our past and just see uh, their point of view uh, on taking care of a ding-dong like me. Uh, and uh, just and uh, have, have, you know, explore what it means to act like an idiot rock star and like what people expect of you. And just say, really like your, your number one enemy uh, as a musician is people's expectations. Um, and so I, ju- I just want to explore all these things and put it together in a really cool, like illustrated photo laden kind of just mixed media, almost uh, book project. So it, it's, it's not going to be, you know, A to Z, just the story of my life. Uh, I don't have that big an ego. I don't feel like I need people to know all about me, but I, I do feel like I have a lot to say and a lot of really interesting perspective. And, um, and, and, and also I'm not going to write it if, there's not enough people on board. So that's why I'm in the middle of like running a hilarious kind of like book meme parody campaign. I, I, I like to have fun. I really love promo and I really love like hyping stuff up and getting people on board and entertaining um, the masses. And, and uh, even if you don't want to kick in money, it's still a lot of fun just to watch the, the silly promo stuff uh, roll by every day. So I'm, I'm no fool, you know, I, I know times are tough and, uh, and they may get tougher still. Um, but I, I'm asking for a fair amount of money because uh, again, like I, I'm not getting rich off this or anything. Um, I just, I have a vision for a book that I want to create and, uh, I can only do it for a certain amount of money because it's just printing books costs a lot. You know, it's, uh, just like 
pressing records or anything like that. So it's, it's not, nothing's for free, unfortunately. But um, I think if we rally, we get enough people together, we can make this really awesome book uh, and turn it into something bigger than just my story. Do you have anyone who's like kind of holding your hand through it or like anyone that's <laughs> helping you through no, it? No, I You're don't. You're going into uh, it like all, all on your own? I, I am. I do have people that have offered their services uh, to to help me through it and everything. I'm, I'm friends with a lot of actual real deal writers. Uh, I'm, I'm an utter hack, I, I promise. But uh, but I've read I've read a thousand books. I could I could probably write one. You know, it's, it's one of those things where it's like a you know, I, I know what sucks. I know what doesn't. And, and I, uh, I, I have confidence in my abilities to be able to put together this thing uh, without it just being a total sleeping pill. It's not going to be some thousand page, you know, book or whatever. I just want to like have something really fun. Uh, I, I, I love when uh, some of my favorite artists and things like that have, have kind of taken a dip into the, the journalism route, like uh, Lenny Bruce, his book, uh, How to Make Friends and Influence People is one of my favorites. Um, you know, he's a stand-up guy, but his book is super inspiring. And, um, and like I said, like your, your average rock and roll memoir, like it's just, it kind of gets to be old after a while. So like, it's, uh, it's not going to be, like I said, um, like the Ace Fraley book or the, the Al Jorgensen book. Have you read that? The ministry one? That one's crazy. Like you're never gonna top those stories, so I don't even. It's I'm not treating it like a contest. Like look at the stuff I did. Like no, I mean I did some crazy things. Don't get me wrong, and I, I will talk about them all. But um, I just uh, I want to. People have so many questions. People ask me lots of questions all the time, and I just want to put all the answers in this one book. So if somebody asks me something, I can say, "Here, read this." <laughs> it's all there. Well, I'm sure this, this is the question that people have asked you: Is which artist who has smoked you up had the best weed? Who has the best weed in rock? Kirk Hammett. Oh, shit. He had this shit called Romulan one time that was probably the best weed I ever smoked. Um, uh, mm, who else had real good weed? Oh, well, Clutch, but that goes without saying. Those guys are made out of weed. Uh, yeah, but they've always got some bomb weed. You know what? Uh, they put us in touch with Willie Nelson's weed dealer in oh, Nashville wow. one time and we bought an ounce of that Willie weed uh, not not his not his brand Willie's Reserve or whatever but this was like the stuff that Willie would buy whenever he would roll through Nashville uh. wow man that was incredible <laughs> you know we we um, it wasn't a famous person that we got it from uh, but we got a bag of weed one time uh, uh, called God's Gift and I don't know if you smoked this strain before but it is the stinkiest weed ever when we were on tour with Metallica they wouldn't um, they didn't care what we did really but like they would usually put our dressing room far away from theirs so that we could just do whatever we wanted smoke weed whatever they wouldn't bother us anywhere but there was one if if it ever was a venue where our dressing rooms were like wall to wall attached to each other they would just ask us not to smoke weed in our dressing room just so that like the smell didn't get in their room and everything and all that and stuff and we were totally respectful of that you know it's no, no bones about it but we we just had this weed. we weren't even smoking it we had this bag of god's gift hanging out backstage we're breaking it up to take all the seeds out and everything and or, uh, stems i mean no seeds in this weed um but they came they like knocked on our door and they're like hey guys you know you can't smoke in here what are you doing and we're like we're not even smoking it we're just breaking it up and they looked at the weed and they were like wow <laughs> <laughs> anyway would you mind taking that outside we're like, yeah sorry 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 <laughs> That's yeah, that, that was some good ass weed. That was really good. Was there anyone you wanted to blow up that they gave you shitty weed? There would be someone <laughs> famous that we know. <laughs> if you don't want to answer, that's okay. No, nobody had bad weed. Um, there was, you know, there. Uh, 
you, you can get good weed anywhere. I've learned that you can get really good weed anywhere in the world, but you can also get really bad weed. It just depends on who you know and who you came across at the time and everything. And uh, it, for whatever reason, in the UK, we just got burned time and time again with like the wettest, nastiest, like just, just clipped off the plant, uncured, disgusting, like can't even get you high weed. And that was always such a bummer because like you just, you, you just, when you when you're a total stoner and you're like touring the world and everything, you need weed. And when you like cross a different border every day, you know, it's just like it's, you're on this constant like hunt for fucking weed, and it's, it makes you feel like a goddamn heroin addict. When you're like, it's just a plant. I just need to smoke a plant, okay? Like, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. Just can somebody please give me weed? Now, who and am I like, harming? This is such a minor drug, and here I am having I, this anxiety I know. attack trying to acquire some. I, I, I know. Totally but we were um, we were in like Germany, you know, playing somewhere, and uh, they were like. I asked them, they were like, oh, Stoner Rock Band is here, this is great. I was like, yeah, can you get us some weed, please? And they are like, weed? Do you know what's illegal here? I was like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. That's why I'm asking you to go get me some. Like, you're booking Stoner Rock Bands? You think we don't need weed, man? Oh, God. You're just like, <laughs> well, if, if you're in Germany. Look at the poster. It says Stoner Metal right there. And then, you know, I was just like, yeah. When I was uh, in Berlin, I, I found on Reddit, they were like, go to this park and just Berlin's walk different. You go to the park, you walk around, you find the guys, and just sell you weed. That's it. It's great. You know, See, I'm serious. Like, I'm dead it was serious. the craziest experience yeah. I ever had because it's like I go into this park, and they're like, just keep walking. You'll see yep. them. And I was yep. just like, how am I ever going to know who the fuck is a drug dealer? It's groups of them. It's just yeah. like, you know, you find, you find two guys, and you, you kind of like wave at them, and they're like, yeah, come here. And then uh, they take you to their other guy, and they they kind of look out while you buy some weed, and it's pretty decent weed, honestly. Yeah, it was fine. I was, I was, was impressed. Very, yeah, I mean, especially like for the shady way I acquired it, I was, <laughs> I was just very impressed. But I wanted to ask, so like, what, like, what, you know? Obviously, you're you're an expert at picking up while traveling. Like, what what are some some t like? things you sh you could do and things you should avoid doing because i i've yeah. definitely when i was in the uk i ran into a similar problem and i got completely ripped off where it was like those tiny little mini broccolis like they, yeah they or like thing. you get the guys on the street that are like smoke skunk smoke skunk and you know don't buy weed from them yeah, they, yeah, they won't know. sell you weed um it's i'm the kind of guy i don't know if you drop me anywhere in the world by the end of the day i'll probably have a best friend and a couch to sleep on so i don't have a problem approaching people you know, and, and kind of reading the room and just uh, probably figuring out who's got weed, who doesn't. One thing you shouldn't do is ask the guy that with dreadlocks if he has weed. They get really offended because they get asked all the time if they have weed. And most of the time, like, the dudes with dreadlocks don't smoke in Europe. It's like, well, then what? I, I don't <laughs> The disconnect here. But um, I wish more promoters, this is all pre-COVID. I know that things are fucked right now. But, like, this, uh, it's like back in those days, it was like, if you're a promoter, that, that isn't like works at an independent venue and you book all kinds of different acts and everything like that. You have to know a drug dealer or multiple drug dealers. I was in um, uh, Las Vegas one time playing, a, I can't remember what club, but one of the production assistant guys, I was like, Hey man, uh, can you give me some weed? You know, and uh, do you know anybody? I, I can call him or whatever, but just do you know anybody? And he was like, Man, people ask me that every day. And I said, well, you should like keep a bunch of 40 bags in your backpack and you probably make like $200 a day, like, you know, selling weed at the shows that you already work at. He was, you could see that he was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't mean to encourage you to become a drug dealer, but I mean, come on, dude. Like, if, if the, it's right there in front of you, man. It's like, yeah, I don't know. So like, I don't, I don't like to advocate drug use. Um, but I do like drugs. And so it's like, whenever, whenever you want to do them, it's, you just kind of have to, 
deal with some really sketchy situations sometimes. I wish I wish you did. I wish drugs were just way. legal. If you just, I mean, like I said, like I don't like to advocate drug use, but if you want to shoot up heroin until you die, shoot up heroin until you die. I don't care. You know what I mean? It's your choice. That's um, a, yeah, like it, should, it should, it should they be make legal. like a safe place for people to go to you know, do that so they don't disrupt yeah. other people who don't want to shoot heroin and don't? I don't know, know man. You Whatever know? it is, there's so many problems with this society. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, lightening up. Uh, I do want to also mention Doom Side of the Moon. Uh, it's your, your oh, Pink yeah. Floyd cover project. I am a huge Pink Floyd fan. The best concert I ever saw was Roger Waters at Yankee Stadium doing The Wall, which was like changing I bet that was amazing. Yeah, yeah dude, I bet. Uh, and like, were you at the Doom Side show the- in Brooklyn? Uh, no, I did not. I was not able to catch the Doomside show, unfortunately. Oh, you missed it. It was great. Uh, but I do we'll play the, the Warsaw. Album. It was super fun. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, and I wanted to say, like, I really feel like it took a lot of balls to do that because I feel like Pink Floyd is such a, like, worshipped <laughs> band, uh, in general. Yeah. And, like, like, people don't really cover Pink Floyd too much, or if they do, it's, like, a certain song, you know, like, it's like the obvious songs but you like really it's usually like a it's like a straight cover usually when they do it right right that's what i was saying like like you went in and you like rearranged it you like did shit to it Mm -hmm. it's like you know like some i could see some people going like how dare you (laughs) it's bound to be scrutinized either way and and i i I went in knowing that full well uh because number one i i i i wanted to take the music and uh, the, the the moniker Doom Side of the Moon was kind of a play on the the Easy Star All Stars Dub Side of the Moon that they did like the reggae version of it. Yeah, That's really awesome. really good. I love that. And I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Doom version of it. This will be great. <laughs> and um, but I didn't want to go full Doom because I'm sure everyone out there is aware. Uh, you know, Doom is a actually like it gets applied to a lot of pretty much anything these days. Any kind of heavy music is like Doom, but re- Doom itself is really like a very specific sub sub genre of music that is like very abrasive and like it's it when done correctly it's wonderful like a band like uh uh, burning witch crippled lucifer that's a perfect example of just like phenomenal doom music and like you can't go that far down the doom road with pink floyd you just can't i so i knew full on i was like am i going full doom or am i just gonna do it so i my idea behind it was just kind of like taking those songs by those four dudes and just saying, like, what if Black Sabbath was the band that played this album instead of Pink Floyd? And so that was kind of, like, my, where oh. I started. Because, like, Roger's, Roger's bass lines are usually the riff in the song. And so I just I, I took the bass parts and made those the guitar parts. And then David Gilmore's parts is, is usually, like, the icing on, on the cake instead of, like, being, like, a full-on guitar riff thing. Uh, so I kind of, like, took those parts and maybe put them on the saxophone. Because I definitely wanted to have a sax in the band uh, just because there's so much saxophone on those old recordings anyway. And... um it was just that. It was just like kind of. It was my first uh, full-on production um, uh, endeavor, like where I was the producer. So I was. It was definitely me in the studio, like cutting up the arrangements, like making it all, telling the band what to do, like this and that, and everything, putting it all together. And when you're tackling a record like that, it's it's weird because like everybody in the planet has a, a a dark side of the moon story, you know. And so like so when you're messing with people's emotions like that, you really have to take the time and attention to detail to do it in a way that's going to make them happy instead of just immediately like, so I was really happy with the final product. And uh, I knew that the way I presented it with like, I I released it on the 50th anniversary of the Piper at the Gates of Dawn uh, coming out. And um, 
I threw a whole laser show with it, which, you know, if you're going to play Pink Floyd songs, you better yeah. throw a light show with it. So the, the band dressed up all in white with all white instruments so that the projections made the whole stage look like it was this big swimming psychedelic thing. It was a phenomenal show, but it was a total um, uh, exercise in rock and roll production. I mean, it was like a, it was like a full on Broadway show. It, uh, I couldn't do it with any less than 15 people. It cost a lot of money. Um, it, it, it did well at first, but then I booked the tour and then I totally lost my ass on that one. So, but it's fine. Uh, it's, it's people are like, how come you don't do more doom side of the moon? It's like, you got 15 grand. I, <laughs> I don't man. like, it's phenomenally expensive to buy a laser. Uh, for right, a and day. Pay so, for, like, you know, yeah, it. like I said, it, Exactly. And like I said, I, I won't compromise on my vision. I'm, I'm not going to do anything half-assed. So I'm not just going to set up with a, a little rainbow machine and just play Pink Floyd songs. I, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big. And if uh, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. I I lost a lot of money on that deal. But um, I don't know. If you're going to do something and, 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 and you're going to do it right, do it big. Do it huge. And then if you fail, just fail so big that it looks like a success. <laughs> that's really like... It's really good advice. I think it's really cool that like you, ha- you have these visions and you kind of just execute them. That's how this podcast started. That's how Metal Injection as a whole started. It's just like, oh, it'd be cool to do this. All right, let's do it. Let, but like, let's really do it, you know? Yeah, I would hate to make it all the way to the end of my life and like have this like huge list of ideas that never got realized, you know? And so that's, that's kind of what keeps me going. And, and again, like I said earlier, I, I want to be this like... You know, just just a person that people can look to to be like, wow, he really did that. Like, I came from nothing. I don't have any money. I don't have, you know, I just, I, I grew up in a really tiny West Texas town and just, just wanted to take over the world with my rock and roll. And uh, I, I wish, um, I don't know, I wish more people weren't so afraid to do that crazy thing they always wanted to do. And I just, I, I like to be an example of that. Be like, see, you can do it. You might not make any money. In fact, you might lose a lot of money and everything. But at the end of it all, you'll have that experience and you'll never no one will ever be able to take that from you final uh question as we wind down i do want to ask what is your favorite pink floyd record and what is your go-to pink floyd record because those could be two different yeah um for i think my favorite one is wish you were here i don't know it's just it's a little darker in tone than dark side of the moon dark side of the moon really isn't that like dark or heavy of a record necessarily um it's in fact it was very difficult to make it heavy um uh and uh the the follow-up encore ep that i did it was it's way easier to take some of those later pink floyd songs that are already kind of heavy and to to make them way heavier so i I had a lot of fun with that but my go-to is um probably animals i don't know for for whatever reason that one just it sits easier on my ears even though the songs are really long for whatever reason um bookending booking bookending wish you were here with shine on you crazy diamond um i find my mind wandering i don't like that that i do and i think those songs are genius and i love the whole flow of the whole album and everything but that's why i do think it is the best one but um i find myself mentally trailing off whenever i listen to that one but for whatever reason when i put animals on it's just beginning to end uh straight fire i love it awesome well kyle thank you so much uh for hanging out with us dropping some knowledge bombs and if what's you want... the uh, what's the kickstarter url so yeah, people could go say. donate it is a uh, kickstarter.com slash projects slash 
Kyle Shutt slash written hyphen in hyphen stoned. Um, I can send you a link if you want to put it in the show notes or anything. Well, we'll do, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna link if you to go it. To, <laughs> if you go to my uh, my kicks, uh, I'm sorry, my uh, Instagram page. It's just at Kyle Shutt. Um, it's I've got a link to it in my little profile there, so you can find it that way. It's sure to be a good time. Uh, put some weight on your bookshelf. Yeah, uh, we'll link to it in Back the show description. You could search <laughs> Metal Injection for the story about the Kickstarter. Uh, thank you so much, Kyle. And uh, of course, we'll you, thank you for having me. Yeah, anytime. thank you. My pleasure. Uh, call me anytime. I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to 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 gab about stuff because I I certainly have way too many tour stories. <laughs> Next <laughs> time we many. want a tour of the airstream, yes. or at least I do. Okay. Yes. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right, Kyle. Have a good one. Bye, everybody. Bye. All right, that is Kyle. We're gonna. Uh, really fun guy. What a! What I love a, the advice he gave at the end. Measurable conversation. Can you uh, hear very me? Very cool. Yeah. Oh. Before we go on, I want to quickly mention Michigan-based crossover Death Thrashers Plague Years unveiled their official video for Incantation this Friday, and uh, the band's punishing album Circle of Darkness is set for release. September 18th, which is this Friday. The video is out now. I've completely botched this. But the video is out now. And well, I think uh, that's punishing is you doing this live read. Uh, but Plague Ears is an excellent band. You're a plague to our ears, Rob. I'm the plague to your ears. Plague Ears is no plague to anybody's ears. They're, they're a pleasure to your ears. And their new album, Circle of Darkness, is out this Friday, September 18th via E1, Entertainment One Music. Some fine people at E1 and Plague Years is uh, one to check out. So check it out. Plague yeah, from Years, Michigan. Circle of Darkness from Michigan, and check out their new music video for Incantation. Okay. I have a small confession that I might want to make, and I might should regret I, making it. Should I get the After Dark music ready? Uh, it depends. Oh, no. So at one point during that interview, I had to mute my microphone to fart. Oh, oh fine. <laughs> microphone, you should have let it go. You can test how good these new mics are. No, it wasn't one of those kind of loud ones. But I, like, I just wonder if you can like, see it on my face. You can tell when I did it. But wait, if it wasn't a loud one, why did you need to mute the mic? Well, I didn't know what would come uh, out. I guess. You can't predict. That's the fun. <laughs> the only time I could predict is if I, like, pull it up, if I pull my cheeks apart, then I know it's going to be silent. <laughs> I feel oh like God. I feel that's only on your OnlyFans page, though. Yeah. I feel like every time we have a guest, someone someone should fart, so then we could have the listeners try to figure out who it was. <laughs> that was so good that one time. Yeah. That back. By the way, Darren, I want to compliment you on your excellent T-shirt. Oh, thank uh, you. For our audio listeners, it is uh, the Anthrax logo, but it spells out Antifa. Thank you, Rob. So, you know, the people uh, responsible for Joe Biden's nomination for the president <laughs> of the United States. I think I'm available on our merch page, Rob. Is that one of your designs? Should no. no. I think I did uh, wear this on a Patreon episode once, mm. but now it's for the, for the audience at large. You've worn it a couple of times. Uh, speaking of our merch page, though, I do want to mention that all this week, this Wednesday, September 16th through, I think, Friday the 18th or Saturday, if you're listening and you have been wanting to pick up a piece of Metal Injection Livecast swag, uh, we're going to have a sale in our merch store on all of our items, our T-shirts, our masks, 
uh, stickers, any item that you want is going to be on sale. Shirts uh, are going to be $13. Masks are, I believe, 8 and $12. I recommend getting the $12 mask. It's, it's worth the investment for sure. Uh, they're much more comfortable masks. And you can get one of these bad boys. Rao has an over it mask that he's putting on his face, which we are over as well. Yeah, do and, the rest uh, of the show with the mask on. So uh, you can get those at metalinjection.net slash livecastmerch. And we should let people know it's our Rosh Hashanah sale. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, we could do that. And of course, there is our Patreon if you want a bonus epi or two or five or 12. It's it's been one year of our Patreon. Uh, And so uh, you can get... uh, bonus episodes at patreon.com slash metal injection livecast for as low as five bucks a month this month's bonus episode we watched until the light takes us you can watch it along with us you can watch us suffering through until the light takes us which is a black metal documentary with varg from brutzum uh, Fenris and Frost and uh, and it was a fun watch and also past episodes include we did like a huge roast of Mike Fran- Francesi uh, we did a Motley Crue watch along uh, Suburban Commando which is a Hulk Hogan movie right that was the one fuck I always get it wrong oh, no it's, it's uh, Santa, Santa with Muscles, with muscles. <laughs> what's wrong with you They're all the same I gotta defend Rob on this one all his movies blend together for me yeah I was just like wait <laughs> Uh, so patreon.com slash metal injection livecast. Yes, rush Hashan out and subscribe to our Patreon for our Rosh Hashanah extravaganza. Rosh Hashanah, by the way, is the Jewish New Year. Uh, and for some reason, it's always in September. <laughs> uh, because, you know, why, why does Jesus get to determine the calendar? I mean, they were around first. Let's be fair. A 5,700-year-old calendar. Mm-hmm. That's fair. What, yeah, I, I always forget what the year is. And then, of course, after Rosh Hashanah is the high holiday, Yom Kippur. Yes. Um, going to list all the Jewish holidays in order now? Is <laughs> no, that the rest of the episode? Next up, Tisha. There's a bunch, right? There's, there's then like, is Sukkot now? Or Sukkot. is like, Sukkot is the end of October. It's in October. Yeah. They all, they all line up. And then there's Chanukah. Sukkot is where you uh, you build a little hut outside your house, and for some reason, your dumbass has to go outside and eat inside the little hut. You can't eat inside your real house. So they have all these companies in Brooklyn that just build these huts for people. People get new huts every year. Do you just have one and then you bust it out? Once well, they're made from bamboo, so they. You just store it somewhere and rebuild it, like yeah, those reusable yeah. Christmas trees. But part of the ritual is you have to put it together. Like that's not – it's like mm-hmm. part of the thing. You can't just wheel a hut out. Like you have to – even if you keep it and store it, you have to take the parts and the lumber and rebuild it again. This holiday invented by Ikea? What is this shit? <laughs> Every year you got to put this shit together? Come on. There's some lazy Jews, I'm sure, that just wheel a hut out, you know. But I mean like the real hardcore Jews, they have to build a hut. So it's going to be 5781. Mm, Already, for- man, time flies. <laughs> I feel like it was just 5770. What's going on? That's when we Crazy. started the podcast, isn't oh. it? I feel like I feel like coronavirus started at 5720. It's, that's how long it's been. So uh, my plans 5770 memes. <laughs> <laughs> Can we get those going for the, the, the Jewish kids on the internet? 
I wonder, like, when Jews, uh, you know, hardcore Jews talk to each other on Facebook, do they go like, oh, man, 5780 took another victim today, and it's like <laughs> Prince died. First year ever. <laughs> Menachem Schneerson, the reverend, the, the rabbi, the Mashiach. God, 5780 sucks, man. Man, 5780 cannot end soon enough. <laughs> um one of the craziest stories to come out of 5780 is uh, you heard Chuck mention it at the top of the show as if America hasn't suffered enough. The frontmen of Godsmick and Stained, Sully Erna and Aaron Lewis, respectively, uh, are going to be hitting the road. You know, oh. these, these, these millionaires need another paycheck, you know? Are they millionaires? For sure. Rob, you set me up. I, th- I, I thought you were going to say they both got claimed by 2020 and they're both dead. Oh, no, There's not time. yet. Well, you don't, we don't know. I mean, we know for a fact they earned millions of dollars. We don't know that they are millionaires. They could have blown it all, That's right? Fair. That's fair. But I want, I'm going to say they're millionaires. Uh, okay, uh, I feel like Aaron Lewis is definitely a millionaire. That guy doesn't seem like he spends a penny of his money. <laughs> Um, okay. Speaking of Rosh Hashanah. <laughs> uh, but so the news is that they announced a drive-in acoustic tour. So both of them are going to be, they're going to be both on stage. You could actually go and see Aaron Lewis and fucking Sully Erna in person. They're going to be touring the country, becoming super spreaders of, of their good vibes. <laughs> So are they going to be standing behind people when they don't want their farts to make a sound and just spreading their ass cheeks for them? Like, no, just... <laughs> is that what a super spreader is? Uh, I mean, they might be. I don't know. But I want to I wanted to pull up these uh, tour dates because it's like, you know, uh, it's interesting how how they have this laid out. So let me, let me just grab this uh, screen share action. And Are we giving away tickets on the show tonight? We, we do have a pair of tickets to give away. <laughs> if you want to be a super spreader, call 213. Why not? <laughs> I, I, my initial headline was, Godsmack and Stained Frontmen announced solo acoustic drive-in tour as if America hasn't suffered enough. But here's the thing. I fully, I'm fully aware that Mental Injection is visited by nice people who happen to be Godsmack and Stained fans. You're one Maybe. of them, Rob. Come on, stop pretending. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't call Stained. myself. Come on. Love, past Ex- tense. Okay. I, I'm not a fan anymore. Uh, and I only like both of their first albums, okay? Uh, <laughs> only both of them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just that. Each of their first albums. <laughs> only like 20% of their catalog you like. <laughs> well, well, that's what... Well, to your point, yes, I do enjoy some of their previous works. So why why insult the fans? So I, I changed the headline to still have a little humor in it. This is a little behind the scenes, a little talking shop here. Uh, but but uh, still point out the sarcasm of how ridiculous it is. So the headline is Godsmack and Stained Frontmen an- allow- announce solo acoustic drive-in tour to end America's suffering. Thank goodness. <laughs> So uh, I just love, so let's, let's read the press quotes. Uh, me and Aaron Lewis on stage together, acoustic, 
Do I need to say more? Yes. Yes, yes you do. <laughs> Tell just, me why I should care about that. Just don't miss it. It may never happen again. Well, Hopefully. Well, we hope so. <laughs> uh, added Lewis, Sully and I have been friends for 25 years. We've been talking about doing something for the last 10 years. We've been talking about capitalizing on our fan bases for the last 10 years. Uh, the time has finally come. I couldn't be more excited to be bringing this to you in such strange times. I feel like the time came around 2002. Yeah. I, well, it's past the time. That's why they're doing it, because they can't possibly pull in this kind of money on their own. So here's the routing. And for those of us uh, live casters who are listening on audio, I'll read some of it for you. This is this is their tour, which, you know, they said it's a it, you can't even say it's a national tour. It's it's like a southern Midwest tour. So it starts in Wichita, Kansas, as most good tours do, and then moves through Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Somerset, Wisconsin, Obetz, Ohio. I've never even heard of this town. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Uh, McHenry, Illinois, Independence, Missouri, Biloxi, Mississippi, <laughs> Daytona, Florida. And now, okay, so you, you get the idea. But then I looked at all of these uh, asterisks on these routings. So some of these shows, as you can see down here on the key, on the asterisk key, are socially dis distanced drive-ins up to four patrons per vehicle. Some of them are socially distanced pod up to four persons per pot. You're right. Just got a little burp. Talking choked up at these two gods of music uh, getting together to do a Rob, tour. Rob's multitasking because he's also ordering tickets to one of these shows on the side. He does socially distance tickets purchased in quantities of two, three, four, or five, which already sounds a little sketchy. And then finally, socially distanced tables up to eight patrons per table. Now, does this mean? That you buy the whole table, or could you be seated with other people at a maximum of eight per table? That I'm, I'm going to hope it's the first thing. Yeah. yeah, and that's at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum lawn. Oh, it's definitely the second thing then. <laughs> Never so, mind. I don't like why. Why do they need to do this? Like do, they to make don't money. Have the money. I mean, look, I'm like against like this particular type of concert, but I don't see anything wrong with the way that the shows are put together. What do you mean? What's I mean, like what's what's wrong with the shows? Like you mean the doing shows at drive-ins? Yeah, I like drive-ins. Like, what's the difference between there's, what there's other companies are doing? No, I, I don't think there's. I I just think it's okay. Here here's my issue with it. Here 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 it is. Uh, I agree. Functionally, there's nothing wrong with it. It's relatively. It's not like that chili dog show where it's indoors. No one. People are going to be moshing. Hundred percent. But then, but like, this is the type of tour, and this is a very nuanced thing. I understand it's not like, this isn't the end of the world, but like there is a potential for them to uh, spread disease through all of these. And it's like, why? Why do you need to do this? Well, the other issue is that there's also gonna be uh, stained and uh, Godsmack yeah, exactly. fans like, there. And they're going to go around like coughing on people Please. to protest masks. But like also, you're worried about them spreading disease on tour. Every Godsmack tour that's ever happened has spread herpes all across the country. <laughs> Never said one thing about it. <laughs> all of a sudden you're that's concerned. Fair. That's fair. One. I don't know. It's just weird. It's it's like uh, Sully oh Burna. <laughs> That's exactly fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
right. and that's uh, the episode title as well. What, what do you think stain means? <laughs> so when the when the when the scab picks off and you got the pus leaking out, stains your drawers. But I do want to clarify. No, I'm for driving shows. I think that's fine. Like the like people staying in their own cars. Yeah, or their own pods, like, or, or even if it's like, like the show that I, the comedy show that I went to was completely safe. Everyone was wearing masks on the line. Everyone was like, mm-hmm. you know, a safe distance apart, waiting. They took temperatures, and like all the parties that came together stayed at their own table, but it was like wide enough apart that you weren't spreading germs, and it was outdoors. So, with all of the yeah, research I guess that's, that's available. Thing. All of these shows are outdoors, at least. So that's good. Yeah. I I mean, like, life has to go on. We can't just, like, stay inside and, you know. I can. Well, okay. Well, not everybody. Because it's like, yes, life needs to go on. But, like, because of this life needs to go on attitude, are we also prolonging the like uh, no if we're doing it responsibly absolutely if, if we're following the science right because the cdc is providing us with some kind of science i hope right mm-hmm. if we follow the science and we play it safe and we're not indoors and we're not putting people at risk like some shows have done i don't see anything wrong with it i think we have to you know tr- try to live in this like new way yeah, but is is everyone that goes to this show going to live according to CDC guidelines, or are they just you're going to gather a bunch of people? Well, that's together? the responsibility of the venue to kick them out if they don't. Just right. like the same thing, if someone's at a venue before COVID and they're acting like assholes, the venue has to kick them out. But if a guy's just acting drunk at a bar, like pre-COVID, it's a lot different from this, where you may be killing like 90 people that he comes in contact with. It's a little more serious. So I feel like there's some degree of irresponsibility bringing all these people together even if in theory you could say you know we're going to handle it correctly and it will be fine but people don't act according to those guidelines no matter what yeah that's a good that i i i would agree with that as well like yes in a perfect if everyone followed the guidelines it would be great but it feels like uh especially in some of these uh more right-wing states people are much more lax with enforcing any of this stuff i don't i mean i don't feel comfortable making a generalization about people like i think if it were me i would and i have done my best to act accordingly in respect to others and and wear a mask and all of that so that i can go and enjoy certain things that i miss so i think that and i think that there are other people who have that attitude as well Certainly are, but I also think then there's a Sturgis rally that infects like 150,000 okay, people. Okay, but that, that's not the same thing as what we're talking about. The Why? It's totally a- out of control. There was no social distancing. There was no effort to make social distancing. Right. So, and also, like, what's the, like, how many people are, are going to be allowed at the concerts? Like, what, well- like the... I'm sorry, go ahead. I thought you were done. Uh, I'm not sure like what the capacity is. But what I am trying to say by mentioning Sturgis is not that I sure surely other venues will they will handle it better than Sturgis. Like that's a failure of both the people and the organizational nature of the event. But what it does show you is that there is a desire of people to gather in the way they gathered at Sturgis because they 
don't have the attitude that they want to take care of each other and themselves. And even if you bring those, like the general population to an event where it's handled well, you're still going to have people bringing that attitude in. Like there are people that just like, I'm fucking over this, man. I've been in my house for six months. And in a way they're right. Like I want to get the fuck out too. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to sit here and quarantine my whole life away, but if it's necessary, it's necessary. Like that's why I worry about doing these shows to an extent. Cause I think you're going to bring together people that really don't give a fuck. And no matter how much you police it, some there will be spreading of it. Well, on a, on a, t- a lighter topic. Oh, geez. All right. I thought I was going to be rebutted. I, mean, I think cool. everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Like we're living in an unprecedented time. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what to make of anything. Right. For sure. Um, uh, so in other, in lighter news. Rob, come closer to the mic. In lighter off. news. Yes, there we go. Uh, I wanted to show this video. I wrote this story specifically <laughs> so we could talk about it. <laughs> on the podcast. I love it. <laughs> Uh, because first of all, like, just when I saw the photo, uh, the headline is Megadeth's Dave Mustaine blows out the candles for his 59th birthday. And the photo, like the thumbnail on the video (laughs) is Dave Mustaine blowing out candles on a delicious looking Fruity Pebbles cake. Uh, I, I wish I was still in Metallica. (laughs) That was the wish while he was blowing the candles. Uh, Look at Rusev behind him. The chef. I was going to say, the comedy to me is how awkward the chef is behind yeah. him, who is just like, I just want to go home to my family. <laughs> I, I, and I want to say, like, I really hope that the reason they're so close next to each other and unmasked is because they've all been tested or. Yeah, Because sure. <laughs> Dave yeah. Mustaine, it would be in the high risk category. So I hope he's being safe for, you know, his sake and heavy metal. Where do you, where to think of the chef, Rob? Jeez. <laughs> well, the chef looks young enough where he, he could survive. Does he? <laughs> although, although I bet Dave has, has the better insurance coverage. How do you before. know? Huh? How do you know? I have a gastroenteritis. I could drop it at any time. Who is this old freak? I make him a fruity pebbles of cake and he don't even put on the mask. Look at this. This cake looks amazing, though. Is it really fruity pebbles? Do you have some info on that? Or is yeah, it like I mean, it? look at it. I mean, or it just looks like it. It's unmistakably a fruity pebbles cake. Did like, large the- jump out of it? <laughs> it is that is absolutely fruity pebbles i mean it's just the outer layer of the cake it's like sprinkles well yeah, we should we should let people on to some insider information which we got from kyle from the sword before we went on air and he saw a link to this story and he said that dave mustaine does love cereal and oh. he has seen dave eating lucky charms mm, well, it could be so must you got Kyle in so much trouble. The FBI is yeah. on, on his track. By the way, Sid, I did hear that they got the, they paid um, uh, Lord Littlebrook to dress as Lars and jump out of this tiny cake. I think Lord Littlebrook might be too tall <laughs> for to be Lars, you yeah. mean? <laughs> or to fit in that cake. Both. Yeah. Well, I'd like to eat my way out of the cake. I dress beautiful. as Lars. That cake is very beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's watch this video it's very short but not a lot of people think my cake is red um it isn't fuchsia <laughs> <laughs> what is he doing? 
totally off the meter. I guess wrap, like wrap it up. Wrap it up. I want to dig, dig into my cake. Now, uh, I wanted to uh, point out said. that he says it's supposed to be metal. And now look at this fake laugh that the chef oh. gives. Just like, haha, please don't fire me. Oh my god. I have no idea what he just said. <laughs> and now he goes, You ready? You ready? And the chef is like, Blow the fucking handles out. I don't give Please a fuck. Please speak in the other direction. Don't get your dirty herpes saliva out of my cake, all right? <laughs> People are happy to eat this. All right. Are we ready? All right, swallow. One, blow. Oh, his dentures are going to come out. <laughs> Imagine this fucking dentures washed in cake. <laughs> Oh my god, does he have enough breath to blow out 59 candles? Oh, it's trick candles. That's rude. You can't do trick candles to a 59-year-old invalid, decrepit person like him. <laughs> also, someone who's just recovering from throat cancer seems kind of like <laughs> wow. a, a harsh oh, yeah. rip. Maybe they just want to get their hands on that Dave Mustaine fortune. They're just like, yeah, blow them out again, Dad. <laughs> going go again no it's still on go again blow again really hard uh well yeah also i, I do want to point out that this is uh, posted by his wife oh. how did you find that story do you follow her i do not follow her but i'm thinking i asked you know i looked at her page I'm like no i don't need to follow this is she the same wife that birthed his two kids or yes wife okay oh look at that photo 30 years she just looks too young to be like his original wife. Uh, well, you know, that's very, you know, she's paid a lot of money to look like that. No, I see. I see that. But even some people, even with, you know, the Botox or whatever, don't look. She's, I feel like she's had successful surgery, unlike some other Yeah, it's people. very tasteful. Yeah. You could tell it, but it's not like horrible. Uh, yeah, but like, why do we always have to talk about the way that women look? Uh, I'm sorry. I talked about the way Dave Mustaine yeah, we, looked for like two weeks. I think yeah, I we spent this is like hours talking about how Dave Mustaine. We, we so mapped every craggy line on his feet like it was the canals. Okay, of the fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I take it back. I apologize. Well, here's this other video that she shared where I do like I do think there is some credence to the theory that they might be trying to murder Dave Mustaine. What? This is a throwback to the first. Tennessee birthday. So Dave Mustaine moved with his family to Tennessee, to Nashville, like a few years ago. Actually, not like five or six years ago, I think, uh, in order to help his daughter uh, get a career in country music. <laughs> but anyway, so how'd that work out? Uh, so here's the video uh, <laughs> that his his wife posted of one of his first birthdays, and he's doing a slip and slide. This is Dave Mustaine on the slip and slide, and now. <laughs> I personally like my heart sank a little bit like oh my like he could have busted his neck no way he does martial arts that's like a front roll it's cool he's fine <laughs> let's watch it again <laughs> oh. let's see <laughs> alright can you, can you, the, the original unedited footage of this was like uh all right. Uh, log entry September seventh. Attempt number one unsuccessful. <laughs> <laughs> they cut that part out. 
<laughs> he he went into a jujitsu roll. Son of a bitch. <laughs> His self-preservation skills have been underestimated. Oh. <laughs> I was sort of hoping he'd just keep rolling down the hill, like through a highway and just into a <laughs> ravine. <laughs> Next Friday's attempt, poisoned Lucky Charms cake. <laughs> uh, can't kill him. Just can't kill that man. Uh, a man who's been that preserved by various toxins his entire life would be <laughs> very hard to get do away with. But yeah, so that was the that was the Dave Mustaine story for the week. You can't kill me. I'm already dead. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, if you enjoy our, our Dave Mustaine uh, stories, you can get more of them following us on social media. Follow us on our Facebook. We're on Facebook. Search for Metal Injection Livecast. We're on Twitter. MI Livecast is our handle. We're on Instagram. Metal Injection Livecast is the handle. Are we going to do a TikTok? No. Well, I ain't making any TikToks for this thing, just so you guys know. <laughs> Rob's got all these dances he wants to do. <laughs> got to give him the space for it. What if we get a TikTok and let our fans just run it and put whatever they want on there? Mm. I, I think like that would devolve into straight want. up white power posts very quickly. <laughs> uh, like what happened on WWE. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I've been uh, I've been using TikTok to you know understand the children. <laughs> And so you can lure them into your car easier? I haven't been... Uh, Are you also watching cuties to understand the children? No. They're uh, all cuties to him, Noah. Let, let's be careful with the, the uh, sex trafficking humor here, okay? I don't want any QAnon <laughs> people on us, please. Uh, and uh, the, with TikTok, what's interesting is like, you know, the joke is like, oh, it's just dance videos, but it really is like everything. Like there's... Comedy comedy there's finance videos there's porn like, on there yeah sure i mean not there's no nudity but they don't allow it on the platform right but there's yeah. porn stars on the no platform. that's no 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 mm. i didn't say is there porn stars i said is there porn what's very specific you don't want to see, you don't wanna see natasha nice brushing her teeth for six seconds <laughs> <laughs> no no i mean what is she brushing them with her vagina oh okay well, oh i don't know <laughs> yeah, but the point I'm making is like there's m many uses for TikTok and, and like they're really good at sending you down a rabbit hole like based on whatever Ooh, hashtag you waste you all your time. Wait, I thought yeah. you said there was no porn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we're not we're not starting a TikTok. Sorry, fans. Only fans though, yes, we are starting. <laughs> well, Rob, weren't you gonna do the cameo videos? Did you ever get on that? Yeah. Come on, I Rob. Did not get on cameo. Uh, too shy. It's a it's a it's a little reveal we didn't want to get to yet, but you let the cat out of the bag. We are moving the show's entire platform to OnlyFans. Like that would be the only place to get it. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Uh, and much like Bella Hadid, we're charging uh, five hundred dollars a month or something like that. No, that they, right? they, they've, they've maxed it out now. Like, oh, go ahead. Sorry. So apparently, what it was was yeah. So she joined, and then she made her. Uh, I think it was, Bella it was Bella Thorne. Bella Thorne. What did I say? Oh, getting your. I was going to ask you: Does Bella Hadid have an OnlyFans? That seems like a weird person to have an OnlyFans. What does I, she I'm put very on? Very out of touch. They're all the same to me. Uh, and uh, so she charged five hundred dollars. No, she charged. She made like a, a like almost like a million dollars or something. 
I think right. it was something. Okay, so I think it was five hundred a month, or it might have been a hundred a month. And then she said that if you want a nude photo of me, you have to pay me five hundred dollars as like a pay per view. And then the nude photo was not nude; it was like semi topless. Oh. So all of these perverts were like, "This is false advertising. I want my money back." And they reached out to OnlyFans, uh, and they had all of these chargebacks. Uh, and when there's a chargeback, you know, the company uh, like has to pay a penalty. And so they had these thousands of chargebacks, and it completely like exposed the OnlyFans system essentially, because then. Uh, because of that, no creators could cash out their earnings because they just didn't have available money to give to people because they were refunding so many people. <laughs> and so because of that, they had to change their policies uh, to where now the most you can charge for a pay-per-view is $50. And the interesting thing to me was there were all of these uh, sex workers, these people who provide their services on OnlyFans that like lashed out at at uh, Bella which one? Thorne. Thorne. By the way, <laughs> Bella who Thorne. is Bella Thorne? I know the name, but I don't know what she's like famous for. She's an actress? I don't know. Let's see. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But anyway, it so they all, they all lashed out <laughs> at her uh, like she fucked this up and like to me it's like no, this isn't on her. Like she didn't break the rules. Well, didn't she offer, like, nude photos, though? I mean, she lied. Okay, yeah, that I agree. But, like, everything else, like the charging and all that, I guess if she didn't, if she did provide the nude photos, there would be no chargeback. So in that sense, yes, she is uh, to blame there. But it, I don't know. I'm just seeing a bunch of stuff she's been in, and I haven't heard of one thing that it is that's on this list. Oh, boo, I'm um, Dia Halloween. That's the oh, only one. Oh, my goodness. And Ratchet and Clank as a video game. That's it. That's all I know. Yeah, it's just a whole bunch of stuff I never heard of. You've never seen the Babysitter Killer Queen? <laughs> oh, I've seen Stuck on You, the Farrelly Brothers movie, but she must have had a tiny role in that because it was like years and years. She was like eight years old at that She was six years old, yeah. I liked her on Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> oh, there, yeah, I didn't, I missed that. Yeah, I've seen that. Is that the one with uh, David Cross in it? I would assume I so. Know. Was there any other one? There's two. This is well. This is Alvin and the Chipmunks: The Road Chip. Oh, it's a it's computer animated. Okay, that's why I never heard of it. Yeah, so she's just an actress in a bunch of shitty stuff that I never heard of. There you have it. Mm. Well, Noah, did you want to? Oh my! Uh, my sad news of the week. Mm-hmm. Well, um, my wonderful little boy, Bruno, uh, passed away on Sunday and, and he, um, died from cancer. It was just like a really, um, it was a rough couple of days for me because, um, it was kind of like unexpected. I rushed him to the emergency room on Wednesday and, um, you know, just he wasn't able to go to the bathroom. Like he, he wasn't able to pee in the morning. And I was like, this is really weird. And um, I rushed him to the emergency room and the 
doctor at the at the hospital at Verg told me that uh, Bruno has prostate cancer and that it had uh, the the tumor grew so much that it was blocking his urethra and that it went over into his bladder and um, you know it, it I have to just like think of all the the good stuff in these last couple of days and I'm so grateful to have had um, like pretty much a stranger help me through this um, like just like a very kind person um, just being available to me and to Bruno and going above and beyond his job and like um, helping me with costs and everything like that out of just the goodness of his heart and giving me three wonderful days with my little baby boy who I've had for 11 years and he was 15. And um, thanks to you, um, you guys, Sid, Rob, and Darren for coming to his birthday party slash goodbye party on Brighton Beach. And um, I... I don't know if any if anyone who's listening to this had ever had to put a dog down, but uh, just having to go through that on Sunday, I, I'd never euthanized a pet. It was um, a life changing experience, and um, I want Bruno's death to help me do something good. So. I wanted to let everyone know that um, I built him a that my my boyfriend and I, Avi, we built him a website, and we're gonna raise money to donate to an organization that works with the hospital that we dropped him off in that helps other people who can't afford these expensive medical costs for their pet receive healthcare. Yeah. So, awesome. yeah. So I hope that. People who are listening, um, if you can just go and look and just read what we put together and if it touches you, um, even if you just like donate a dollar, like with all the people who, who listen to this show, if you donate one dollar, we can raise a lot of money um, and keep Bruno's name alive. And the website is inmemoryofbruno.com. Oh. And um, it's just been like such a healing process to work on it after putting him down, you know, just to try to do something good for another stranger, like the way it was done for me. It's just helping me so much. Um, and I would just appreciate if, if people went and just looked at it. And that's it. It's, you know, I love him so much. He was so much like a part of my life and it sucks. I'm I'm home for the first time today. So, you know, like being out of our apartment was good, but like <laughs> I don't know what tomorrow's going to look like. Like the change in the routine and all of that, it's just uh, it stinks. How long do you, you think you're going to wait a while before you get another dog, right? <sighs> I'm not ready to even think about another dog. I think, I, you know, like I have to say that for the last 11 years, Bruno's been my number one priority. And like everything that I have done was like in consideration of him. So I think for the time being, while I'm healing, I just want to do like, I'm, I'm just like very, very compelled to do volunteer work for some reason. 
I think that's like the, the good like growth that I've had from this experience. And I think that the next challenge that I'm going to set for myself is I'm going to channel all that care that I would put into Bruno into doing something good for somebody else. And, I, and I'm still trying to figure out what exactly that's going to look like. But I know that that's going to be how I'm going to invest my time. And then, um, you know, it's going to be a while until I get another dog. Yeah, I have my, my cat, uh, two cats. The second of my two cats passed away on New Year's Eve. Ugh. And uh, I still haven't been able to get another cat. So I'm like, I, I, I've been like debating it. Like it's time to get one soon, you know, but it's serious. Like I had that cat for uh, 10 years, a little over 10 wow. years. So it's, it's really hard on me. Uh, so it took, it's taken me a while to even consider like thinking about getting another pet, you know? Yeah. I get it. it I just really don't nice, want uh, to see uh, Bruno, I think, uh, on Friday, though. It was like, uh, I, I mean, on, was it Friday? Yeah. yeah it was Friday on night. Friday. That was it was the first birthday. time the four of us were all together since yeah, I was gonna the say, pandemic. Since March. Uh, it was yeah. the first time I saw a lot of people <laughs> since the pandemic. It wasn't just. Uh, you guys, we all kind of met. We all wore masks. That was the first time I hung out with anyone at all since March, like outside of my house, like just hanging out with anybody. <laughs> and uh, we didn't even recognize Darren because he's lost so much weight. I know. Really? I feel like I, I lost a lot of weight, but I feel like I was this weight in March already, though. Really? The- no. No, I think you lost even more weight. Wow. Or maybe you, you look like more fit. Like you, you, cause I remember you were saying that you wanted to lose weight and then start working out. So maybe yeah. you had lost the weight and like, just like your workout, just make that it, might be it. trim. That might be it. Cause I, I feel like I'm at a plateau, like a, a number wise, like where the pounds are, but I'm, I'm just do I have really nothing else to do. So I just, uh, I get out, I have the resistance bands and I do shit in my room, but yeah, that's great. Well, thank you. Thank you. Can I just point out who the big loser in all of this really is? Who? It's poor Kyle Shutt. Like, who's going to go to his Kickstarter to donate money now that Noah dropped this Bruno charity on us? Like, if you've got money to donate to one or the other, Kyle, you're not getting a dime from any of our listeners. He wasted his whole night on our show for nothing. Or take whatever amount of money you were able to give one of us and then just divide it in half and give Mm. to both. No, just think about like what do you care more about? Needy pets getting health care, or a guy writing a, a book? Just w- which is more important to you, and then divide oh, it boy. accordingly. Nobody let Kyle's uh, PR uh, people see this segment of this show, please. Great guy, though. Very good. We need to just have him back to promote on a week when, you know, there's nothing to compete with. There's no tragedy. Yeah. But Noah's. Uh, website will still be up at that time. Yeah, on your yeah. next paycheck, then you can. Yeah, you can if you're getting a paycheck. Right. Well, well, both of us are going to have our websites up, so you can do Bruno first, and then Kyle. But one thing we know: do not donate to Dave Mustaine's uh, Tumble uh, Recovery Fund. We know that's fake. He has a ton of money. <laughs> Okay. And he's trained. He knows how to land properly. Yes, he doesn't he, need to recover. BJJ. He doesn't need. If you see that, it's just another Mustaine scam. Yeah. 
He does. Plenty of money. He has record sales. He has book he just, sales. He just he uses that money for more cereal cakes. It's all bullshit. <laughs> hey, that guy is in the back laughing at his jokes. Is expensive. <laughs> you think these guys laugh at his stupid jokes for free? <laughs> true. Should cost money. Yeah. Hey, maybe you can donate to Sully Erna and uh, and uh, Aaron Lewis so that they don't have to tour. They don't have to infect everyone with COVID. <laughs> Now I'm really confused uh, where I should put my money. Unholy Kai in our uh, uh, YouTube chat writes, whoa, I don't listen to the podcast anymore. Jeez, Unholy. But I randomly clicked on the YouTube video tonight. I remember Bruno being the new puppy like 10 years ago. I grew oh. up with Bruno and I salute him and I miss him and I will miss him. Oh, I love you. Okay, so on the website that we built, we do have a section of it where you can share your favorite memory of Bruno with us. And if we get more stuff like that, we can read through the days. Like, I would appreciate it so, so much. It is very, That very you can give me for free. So very please. special dog. Sorry, no, I thought you were done. Uh, just, just wonderful, like loving. You know, a lot of dogs are annoying, or they just yap constantly, or whatever. Like Bruno is so silent. Like he would, you know, if Noah would come in and out of the house, he would kind of whine because he loved her so much. But like other than that, he was the most peaceful, like friendly dog. Look up at you, you know. It's like, oh, I see you there. Hey, how you doing? Come, come, scratch my head. Other good thing I used to love about Bruno is you would just scratch him, scratch him, scratch. Then you're done scratching, and you got to go do something else. He would nudge your hand back over hmm. so that you would have to keep scratching. You could never get away once right. you start scratching. You don't want to stop scratching, do you? It's very, very cute. But he was I also very chill. Go ahead. He was very chill. He didn't really like yeah. make noise. Like the only noise he would make is he would howl when Noah returned. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, I, I was very affected by Bruno's passing. I feel like it's the first uh animal that i've uh, gotten close to that passed away and so when noah kind of told me the news i was like reading this text message and just bawling and like just like contain yourself Robin. yeah when i i'm sorry when i went to the the beach with all of you uh i was that's whenever like I, I felt sad by the email that you sent but like i held it together but when i saw him at the beach i was like really holding back tears because he was very sluggish you know, and he wasn't himself. He wasn't, you know, he acknowledged everybody, looked up, you know, but he just wasn't like Bruno. He still came over for a pet, though, which I thought. He did. Yeah. I noticed that he, like, came up to everyone. Yeah. Just to get a little pet. Do you think he knew, like, he was going to pass? Or, like, maybe the animals know that on any level? They do. Maybe he's wanted to just say goodbye like we were doing to him. I think he was definitely happy with seeing everyone. And, you know, we also took him to his favorite spot in Bay Ridge the next day and we fed him chicken and ground turkey. We made him just, we just gave him everything. What was the spot? Like a park or something? The promenade in Bay Ridge by the pier. Okay. And um, I think that like animals don't really give us the same communication that a human would about their pain. And I definitely think that he was in in a lot of pain, especially with having to get his bladder drained twice a day. Like we would drive him to the hospital twice a day. Um, and but I, I don't think he like lost his will to live because he was trying so hard to pee. And like, 
oh god, I don't even want to say this, but like on Sunday, the, this like I, I almost fainted because the morning that we were taking him to the hospital to get euthanized, he started to pee, like just like drops started to come out, and we're like, what? <sighs> like we took him out in the morning, and then we also left in the mornings. And on the way to the car, all of a sudden, these like driblets are are coming out of his winky. And we're just like, oh, my God, are we doing the wrong thing right now? But ultimately, like the cancer was spread. He like he can't fully um, express his bladder. So we would have to get him to do the catheter. It was so painful. It was just torture. And ultimately, I, I think we made the right decision. And we definitely made the best use of, of his final days. And I'm glad that you guys got to see him too. I mean, it's like, it was good for him. Also, it was good for me and Avi. So I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was, it was good for me too. Um, it would have been a bummer if Babka couldn't say goodbye to him. And that was like, I kept it together the whole time. But then when we yeah. parted, like she started like, they were like, Whoa. And like, I just couldn't. I know. Myself. It definitely was like, you know, like as an adult grieving a loss. Like I think this is like my first death that I've dealt with of like a like like a close family member as an adult. And um, I definitely went through like all the stages of grief. And there was like one point where I felt anger, and I was like, "Is the did the doctor trick me?" Like, are they, is that hospital like trying to kill dogs and like tricking people to like euthanize their, it was like this completely like irrational thought because this doctor was so gentle and like, so like, you know, like went above and beyond what he had to do for us that it was, this, like, made no sense. Is this Dr. James Hetfield? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> he doc- kicked my, kicked my dog. He kicked my he dog kicked and my told dog? me it was cancer. <laughs> And when he like first told me, so, you know, like in a pandemic, you can't go inside the hospital. You have to wait outside. So he, he called me and he's like, I'm, I'm so sorry to have to tell you this. And I'm, I'm so sorry it's under these circumstances, but Bruno has cancer and I'm so sorry. And, and he just kept apologizing. I'm like, okay, fine. Bruno has cancer. Like we're going to get it treated. It's fine. Like, just give me the pills, whatever. We'll take them home. It didn't like really fully hit me until, um, I got home and uh, I was like, oh no, you know, like I was crying about the cancer. Then when he wasn't able to urinate the next morning, that's when I was like the worst. That, that's when I understood what was about to happen. And um, I was just, I was a complete wreck. Uh, I, I don't know, like, I, I still feel like it's, it's a dream. Like I don't, I feel like Bruno's just like, you know, cause he's so quiet. I feel like he's just like in his bed sleeping right now. It sucks. So if anyone has stories to share, like it, it would help me so much to hear them. And um, just please reach out to me because it helps me so much just to get through it. And I don't know how tomorrow's gonna look, but I think I'm pretty much holding it together well today. Yeah, you're doing great. Thank you. You've been doing pretty well. <laughs> You've been doing pretty well throughout the whole thing, I think, over, uh, all things considered. Never thought I'd say this, but I'm, I'm going to miss never getting to smell his fart again. <laughs> like, that was such a distinct Bruno thing that 
You know, I, I fixed his diet, and, like, towards the end, he wasn't farting as much. Sid, why don't you just get some doggy treats and eat them and produce the same aroma? <laughs> I've tried. It's not the same. Just eat the Merrick food. <laughs> the Merrick dog food. Oh, I thought you just food you get in Merrick, Long Island. <laughs> does that to you. They are known for their farty food. There. I have yet to experience a babka fart. I, haven't, I guess she's too young. <laughs> Fucking humble brag. <laughs> Poor me. Well, she has a good stomach. That's good. Yeah. Well, young dog don't fart. Uh, you were very generous with Bruno's food during the meetup, and since then, her <laughs> her poos have been very inconsistent. <laughs> Sorry. No, I mean it was it was my fault. I should have pulled her away. She was very into Bruno's food. No, it's okay. So, like for the people who don't have video, Rob has the photo behind him. We gave Bruno his birthday meal of like ground chicken and carrots and brown rice. And Babka was very, very curious. And we had to give her some of her own. So both of them were sharing the meal. It was so cute. It was indeed very cute to me. Went and sniffed around a little. And she gave him some kisses. I know. Dogs are so sweet. All animals are sweet. Well, not all. Well, yeah, I guess. That's very shitty angels. Uh, but I will say having a dog has made me empathetic to all animals, I feel. Rob, you're not pathetic. Don't say that about you. <laughs> Empathetic, come on. You are not. <laughs> um, we, uh, I had a mouse in my apartment. And I used a glue trap, and I will never, ever use a glue trap again because it was the most traumatic thing, finding a live mouse stuck to a glue trap. Did you feed it to Bobka? No. uh, So what you're supposed to do is... Stomp on him, right? uh, With your boot? No. (laughs) You're supposed to put baby... Not baby oil. um, (laughs) Virgin olive oil. That's what you do to yourself. What do you do to the Or like That's vegetable oil. Film, any sort of oil. Shoot like a calendar. No, the, the, the oil like, it up. Uh, undoes the stickiness. So like... Oh. So I went outside and like with like a, a teaspoon like <laughs> pour oil on this poor mouse. And then like I was like, go, go get And then I had to like like pull it off the glue and it was freaking out and it would like get back on the glue. And it's like, no, I'm trying to free you, you idiot. Rob, I have humane traps. You should ask me next time. I have these traps, like a long tube, and the mouse runs in, and it's yeah, got a spring-loaded thing. It works really well, and you take it outside, and you free the mouse. Like they're, a flashlight? They just t- trap a mouse in for it does kind of, It kind of looks like a flashlight. <laughs> so they totally look like, like, like a pocket pussy that you fuck, for sure. Because uh, I went and I looked, cause, cause, uh, but no, I got like these, uh, I don't know if, if they work. I'll keep you guys posted, but they're like these sound emitters. You just plug them in and it emits like some sound that's mm. supposed to scare away the mice. I heard some debate about that, whether some some people say it's humane and in other ones they say like it has an adverse effect on them psychologically, like they hear it and they go crazy or something. But uh, 
I don't know. I'm not taking a position, but at least I'm not killing it or 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 making it, you know. Yeah, you could just pay out. its its therapy bills after. Yeah, yeah here's like, that sound. Look, there's look, you know. Ultimately, it's invading my space. So get the fuck. I don't want. Yeah, with with roaches and stuff, I don't like to kill anything. Okay, I don't even really like to kill flies. If it's something like a roach that's spreading disease to my food and everything, I would kill it. About, but regretfully roaches i have no qualms right. about killing or flushing or what have you but mice are very yeah. go ahead sorry uh, but mice mice, i let out but mice what are you gonna say about mice mice are very smart animals they're like supposedly like the top five smartest animals on the planet so that's like, smart enough to have a blue beautiful. trap they're, they're yeah. physical limitations but they're they're like they're very conscious you know and they have serious emotions and like you like when they're on the glue trap you basically frozen them they're like traps like kind of like torture well that's why they use them for so many like psychological experiments mice or glue traps mice both oh. both yeah um well this has been a psychological experiment and if you made it to the end you've passed congratulations <laughs> um bravo if you made it to the end you love great comedy and fun congratulations <laughs> but now we gotta leave now we're gonna put you in a glue trap <laughs> no <laughs> and stretch your balls oh have you ever done that rob dipped your nuts onto a glue trap <laughs> I've, got my balls. Foot, I've got my foot caught in those glue traps and it is the worst oh, fucking fucking f- it's disgusting it's impossible to <laughs> barefoot or like with a shoe barefoot oh, how did you do that how'd you do that just want to look at where you're walking yeah accidentally stuff yeah Holy or man. like it, there was it was like a, a when i lived with my parents but it was uh <laughs> kind of uh like by the wall where my desk was so just i had to avoid it with my feet when i was sitting and i know what it was you're 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 making this up what it was was someone kept stealing all the holodets overnight your parents were like i don't know who (laughs) if it's a mouse or someone's breaking in we're setting glue traps in front of the fridge and they fucking caught you you caught me so bad sid you just know me too well yeah his 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 grandmother wasn't letting him get the fresh holodets (laughs) they beat the shit out of you with a broom that's enough of that. But before we get out of here, first of all, we do want to thank you for tuning in. And, uh, Make the music to... lower, Rob. I can't hear you. We want to thank you for tuning in. I know Good. And, uh, and uh, we want to thank our top livecast fans of the week. And if you want to be a top livecast fan of the week... You can do so by giving us $10 a month, please, at patreon.com slash Metal Injection Livecast. So here are our top livecast fans of the week, who I will uh, read in my best Bruno imitation. Ready? Number one. Number two. Number three. Wait, what? This bit isn't working. Yeah. No, let's start right. over. Okay, let me Just start Just do it over. in Rob's voice. Let me do it as Bruno. Ready? Woof. Woof, woof, woof. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs> oh. Okay. Here's Wait, what was the last one again? Oh. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, but seriously, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Rob Ganoush, a.k.a. Justin. Thank you to Benjamin, El Dudorino, Dan R., Cattle Decaf, Mindy May is Kippa, 
Croc Destroyer, Sam I Am I Is, Jander, Shasur Sasusitz, LaCroix, The Crustacean Sensation, aka God Stomper, Ash Bozhilov. Yeah! Dallas. Awesome. Raba Vampiro. 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 Shane. Hugo likes tacos. Here goes. And hi, guys. It's Josh. Very nice. Well done. Also, that was a bitchin' solo on this Hulk Hogan track as we get out of here. He's a great guitar player. (laughs) (laughs) He was in Metallica once, man. Yeah. All right, we're out of here, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye.